0: At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to keep you moving. With a full range of services from oil changes and tire rotations to filters, wipers, and more, we've got what your car needs, so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Visit JiffyLube.com to find a service center near you.
1: Welcome to the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host Rodney Fisher. I'll be joined with my co-host Royce Fisher here in just a second. Back to y'all. Back to y'all with our regular episode after having a week of travel, spending time with ladies, ladies and gentlemen. we're going to talk about that. We're also getting into the All-Star Game that just wrapped up Major League Baseball, as well as more NBA talk. The Mavericks introduced their new players. And the NFL is getting ready to heat up. We'll talk about that as well, too, in our low attendance. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get our show started since we have so much to talk about today. Let me bring on my calls, please, Mr. Royce Fisher. Royce, how you doing tonight, sir? Doing great right now. How you doing? A little bit tired, a little bit disappointed about the All-Star game, but I'm here and ready to go. Well, good. Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're on board. And we got a lot to talk about, man. We got a lot going on, as I mentioned in the intro. A lot of stuff to get to with taking your calls as well, 323-927-2906. And welcome everyone that's listening to us live on rfsportsradio.com, as well as on iTunes and also on the TuneIn Radio app. If you're not familiar with TuneIn, is a way for you to listen to our show live on your cell phone. If you don't want to call in, just download the TuneIn app at your uh, app store on Google or through iTunes. And from there, you can always get, get caught up with the show. You can also download the show on iTunes as well. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. Let's start out with a big story. Uh, we had a chance to spend all last week pretty much with the Lady Jets, thanks thanks to uh, Jason Terry and the Jason Terry Foundation. Uh, and I just want to say, first of all, there's, there's, I've never met any other person uh, sports figure in the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, anywhere that I've seen that really does exactly what they said they're going to do. I mean, they, they he took this team of 14 girls to Orlando, Florida, and left them playing the AAU National Tournament. This is their third year going, and he was a class act and really spent the whole time not trying to be focused on just winning basketball but teaching them lessons on how to work hard, dedication, And we got to see that firsthand. I want to say thank you you to him, all the parents that were there, everyone that listened to the live games last week. We had an excellent time, and it was just a great experience overall. And you, you, I did too,
2: Rodney. It had to be, it was a great experience for me, Uh, having, spending time with Jason Terry and getting to know him and his family, I was uh, very impressed with what he's doing for these youth and the, these girls. And a lot of these girls come from single parents' homes, and he's become not only a coach, but he, a mentor to a lot of these girls. And I, I was very impressed uh, with the latest
1: Jets and very impressed with Jason Terry, too. Yeah, I think he did an excellent job, man. The way he mentored, like you said, and helped along with Coach uh, Brian Brown. Also Lonnie Franklin was there as well, too. And wanted to a special shout-out to them. And they're just as much a part of that as well. And if you guys miss any of those live games, go to our website, rfsportsradio.com. You can listen to the live broadcast. We've also got some video up of uh, Jason Terry and, and Lonnie Franklin and Coach Brian Brown doing just that, mentoring and teaching uh, this team. And they get ready to go back to um, Las Vegas here on the 17th. They got more basketball left to play, so we hope we give it a chance to bring more of that and I also want to thank everyone that listened to us online. Our numbers last week were incredible uh, for the live broadcast. I want to thank everyone that, that that stuck it out with myself and with you, Roy, trying to broadcast these live games. But it's not easy. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not the NBA. Uh, nah. these, are, <laughs> these are girls in the 8th grade going to the ninth grade, a lot of fast back-and-forth action. <laughs> but I think we did a good job trying to at least kind of paint a, a decent picture of what was happening on the court. And you're
2: right. It was a very big event. I was so I was very impressed with the city of Orlando, and you know we got to do this at the uh, ESPN Wild World of Sports Center, which is a great facility, man. I mean they had everything from soccer to basketball, and we saw some very some great games. I mean some very good games. I I got kind of emotionally involved, and I was really putting for the ladies just to win this thing. But it was very competitive. We had teams from all over the country, and if you ever get a chance to go, it, it, I mean, it's just fantastic to see these girls so
1: involved in sports. Absolutely. It was a great thing to see. So I'm going to take my hat out to those girls and wish them luck going to Vegas as well. I know some of them are listening tonight also, uh, so make sure you go back and download their broadcast, show them some support, and also continue to follow them online. It's on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash lady underscore Jess. Now, part of the the trip as well, we got a chance, like you said, to spend a lot of time with Jason Terry and his family. And during that time period, we learned more about the changes that are going to happen in his career with him leaving the Dallas Mavericks and going on to the Boston Celtics. So we had a chance to kind of talk with him and uh, get an exclusive interview with Jason Terry. And let's play the interview first Royce, and talk about the aftermath of the, of the uh, interview after that. This is our exclusive interview with Jason Terry about his um, leaving the Mavs and also going to the Boston Celtics and, and how that all that all happened. We're here with uh, Jason Terry. First of all, I want to say thank you, man, for inviting us out for the weekend. It's been great for us. See you work with these kids and kind of get them on their road and talk a little bit about the tournament itself. I know you guys want to win it all, but you got to be proud of what they did so far.
0: Oh, we're very proud of the girls. Uh, Obviously, they worked tremendously hard throughout the season uh, to get prepared for this big stage, and the big stage is national. At the eighth grade level, you're going into high school, so this is a time where college coaches are able to look at you, and you have an opportunity to uh, not only further your education but further your basketball career. And what we stress and emphasize to our girls is. Hard work, dedication. Hard work and dedication is going to take you a long way. Results, wins and losses, we want to win. Obviously, we're very competitive. But at the end of the day, did you work hard and are you dedicated? And that's what we expect out of all our girls.
1: Let me ask you a quick question about your career. It's taking a little turn of its own. You're going to be leaving Dallas and going to Boston, correct?
0: Yes, I am. I mean, I had a great time. I look back at it and say if I never went through what I went through in Dallas, Would I be where I am today? And I don't think so. No, God has blessed me with the ability to play a long, uh, illustrious career. You know, I was in Dallas eight years, played with some great teammates, uh, and had a great coach and a great owner. But, uh, but what the city meant right. to me right. is priceless. Uh, without them, I'm nothing. The Jet was born in Dallas, <laughs> right there in Dallas. So I always have a home in Dallas. Right. Hopefully when I'm done, I can go back right. and uh, end my career there. Well, I, I want
1: to ask you first, why Boston? Was it the fact that they offered you the deal yeah. that we wanted to go? Or?
0: No question. Uh, not many offers out there. I don't know why, but uh, we had about three teams that were looking at me. Uh, Dallas didn't come to the table. Right. Uh, Boston was the first person to call me. Uh, at 11-01 yeah. and Doc Rivers got on the phone He said, we need you. You're our number one priority. Had I got that same phone call from Dallas, yeah. I'd still be a Dallas Maverick. But I didn't, so I'm on the bigger and better things mm-hmm. and hopefully with that team, with the way they are structured right now, yeah. we have another chance to win the championship. Are
1: you surprised at all that you didn't get the call or they didn't try to mess the offer? Was it-
0: yeah, very surprised. Uh, very surprised. You know, what I was able to do for the uh, organization and in the community, I thought they would bring me back and uh, they didn't. So it's life, Mm -hmm. Uh, something I teach to my girls too. I mean, things happen in life that you have to deal with, it may not always go your way, but God always puts you in a position right. where He wants you. Right. And then your blessings will come to fruition.
1: Well, I know we've both been in Orlando for the last week, but Dallas is going crazy right now. They don't know what they're gonna do. You have anything to say to the fans? Because they no matter what happens, they want you to come back, they want to put your jersey in the rafters. Yeah. You know anything to say to them that now kinda they're all over everyone now.
0: All I want to tell the fans in Dallas is that I love you. I appreciate all your hard work, all your support. Uh we couldn't have accomplished the things we accomplished in Dallas without you, but they got to pay when we come to town, because their big green machine is coming to town soon, baby, and uh, it's going to be fun, but I-, I look forward to it, and uh, hopefully I can do great things in Boston and have a good career there.
1: Well, good luck in Boston again. Thanks again for allowing us to tag along, man. It's been yes, great. Sir.
0: I want to thank you, and again, uh, Dallas, I love you, but I got to do what I got to do. <laughs>
1: and it was the jet man, live. And it was uh, Jason Carey, the Jets. You heard him say he was born right there in Dallas and how he got the call from Doc Rivers and the rest is Mavs history. Mavs lose a good guy to being here for eight years and being part of their championship and also their first trip to the finals in 2006 and now he's gone. Uh, first of all, Royce, what do you think about some of the comments you said before we get to the aftermath of this interview? Uh,
2: not only did the Mavs lose a great player, but they also lost a great player a uh, person he was a fan favorite man you could tell that the interview was heartfelt you know i just happened to be in the room while you were doing it and he got a little choked up you know while he was making a comment i think he really does have a true love for dallas and all i can say is we're going to leave the the, the runway lights lit up for jet for that jet to land back in dallas uh i i, I thought it was a great interview like you said dallas didn't match him i was surprised and I'm pretty sure a lot of other fans were surprised. Most of the response we got, a lot of them were really upset. But I think it's going to be a good fit for Jason Terry to play in Boston. It does put him in a position to still go back to the finals and possibly win another ring. But uh, I I think to see him go, I, like I said, having met the guy and watching his career the whole eight years he was in Dallas, you know, he was one of my favorite players, and, you know, fans loved him. And I think there a lot of them are upset that he did leave as a matter of
1: not messed up, and he will be missed. You know, the biggest thing, I think, is, you know, throughout, throughout the entire week we were seeing him every day. We We're kind of talking about everything that was going on. And, and even, even during that time period, he was still kind of concerned, too. He's like, well, I, you know, he told us about when he got the call from Mark Cuban. Uh, he also expressed like concern, like, man, I don't I don't understand what they're going to do, what they're going to bring in. You know, he was still kind of concerned about this as well, too, because I mean, the guy won a championship there. But, yeah, as he said, business is business, and he got the call from Boston, and Boston really showed the interest to bring him in there. And I don't fault him for leaving and taking a three-year deal uh, after he played and leave for as long as he had, and the guy can still play basketball. I think, really, you know, I'm so shocked and surprised that, Three years, fifteen million dollars. He took the mid-level exception from Boston. I'm surprised that the Mavericks didn't at least try to match that. I mean, they, for, for if you look at what they've done with their team, they haven't really signed anybody else. They haven't really brought in another player in free agency. They, I thought they could at least match that type of offer, but apparently the Mavericks have some plan that we don't know about. But doesn't it seem like an easy easy decision to to match a deal like that to bring a guy in that can still play.
2: Absolutely. I thought maybe, you know, $15 million compared to some of the contracts we've seen been out there lately, I think was a bargain, you know, for any team. And to get a player with Jack's caliber was really a coup for Boston. But I, I'm surprised too that they did that, Rodney. Uh, I think there's a decision that maybe down the line they may regret because he will be back in Dallas to play against the marriage. And, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm like you, I'm shocked. It leaves the team totally different, you know, and I don't know what to expect this year, but we know what we got every year with Jason Terry. We know what we got. We know what he brought to the table. And, you know, he was a big part of that championship team. You know, uh, a lot of it was on his shoulders too, you know, after eight years of struggling. But uh, he will be missed, and I wish him the best of luck, and I think he's going to do very well in Boston.
1: And when we did the interview that Sunday, uh was past Sunday, we went ahead and put the interview out there for the Mavericks fans to listen to. We did a video, which you can find that video on um, rfsportsradio.com. Little did we know when we got back in town Monday um, in Dallas that, you know, the media would run with that story. And, you know, we wanted to thank everyone that at least gave us credit For the interview, but there were there were quite a few media outlets that did not, and uh, we're not gonna say any names because we're not. They they know who they are. They know they know where they are, and they're probably listening for something else right now. But that's okay. I mean, but that's fine. You know, it's been times when I pulled information from your website as well too. Um, So so it's okay if you pull something from us. I think it just felt good that you know what we did get a story. The little guys the fans that turned into talk show hosts got an exclusive story, and to see that story kind of spread worldwide and go to sports and ESPN and, and uh, Yahoo Sports and SB Nation and and, 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 and all over the place. Yeah, to, see, to see it do all of that was really kind of – that was fascinating to me. I mean, that was the first time for us that they, that's really kind of happened like that. But we've been out in front of a lot of different things, but for the first time they finally gave us some recognition for it.
2: And, you know, that was the first uh, interview he had get, given after he was uh, picked up by Boston. And a lot of people were waiting to hear from him. But, you know, what was surprising about the whole thing, right? And what I really admired him about, through all this that he was going through, you know, having to go to a new team, having to uproot his family, having to make that decision, he stayed focused on the girls. You know, it wasn't about Jason Terry for that week. It was all about those girls. And I thought that was, you know, is great of him and you're right I, it, this was bigger than I thought it was you know <laughs> it went really big so I was re- you know really impressed with that and we did get that exclusive you know and I, I was really proud about that but uh I, I will miss him I consider him a lifelong friend and uh like I said earlier I've just I, I'm still trying to getting in my mind that he won't be a Dallas Maverick this year. Now, it's going to be weird. In a green uniform. Yeah, it's going to be really weird to see him in a Boston Celtic
1: uniform. You know, and then, uh, of course, I, I don't want to just keep throwing on the uh, accolades, but I, not, not only did we get that exclusive story, but we were the first website to report that the Mavericks were not going to sign uh, right. Darren Wood. We, we reported that before anybody else did because we had some inside knowledge that was not going to happen, so Not bad for RF Sports Radio last week. Not only did we break two big stories, but we also uh, broadcasted some live games. We did six live games uh, last week with the Lady Jets, and all of them did very, very, very well. So we had a huge week for us last week, man.
2: Yeah, and we know a lot of parents and friends weren't able to make the trip, but it gave them a chance to follow the team during the playoffs, you know, uh it's, it's an expensive trip to, to, to pack up and just go to Orlando, you know. But a lot of parents weren't able to make it. A lot of friends got to hear the game. I, I thought that was great. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year going. You know, it's really a big deal. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I say, we saw some great games, great games. And uh, maybe saw some future Hall of Fame WNBA players, you know, and so I'm going to keep an eye on some of these girls because I know they're going to be in the WNBA
1: someday. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was, it was a great time, man. I want to just keep thanking uh, Jason Terry, the Lady Jets, everyone that listened last week, man. That was huge, man. Uh, we do got a call. Let's go ahead and take a call real quick, 7834 here locally in Dallas. Let me go ahead and bring you on. You're live on the RF Sports Radio Show. What's your comment? What's up, fellas? This D.G.
0: Hey,
1: what's hey, up, DJ? Man, dude, what is going on with your Mavericks? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's oh trying to figure that out. I'm glad, I'm glad you called because I wanted to ask you the same question.
3: <sighs> hey, man, did we just get caught? You know, just you know, putting all our eggs in one basket. Did we just get caught with our with our with our little panties down or something? I mean, what's really going on? Well, I tell you Somebody what, man, explain I tell it I- to I-
1: I think what happened, man, was they had a plan and the plan just really didn't work and they really didn't have a backup plan. I knew something was going to be wrong when they had the meeting with Darren Williams and Mark Cuban, the guy that writes the text, was not going to be there. Uh, I, I knew that was the first time right there they really didn't feel confident that this thing was ever going to get done. And then also, too, you know, with them not matching the deal for Jets for $15 million for so a guy that has been here eight years and took you to a final, then took you over the top. You know, the, the guy that called out LeBron James and then backed it up in that final in 2011, when well, you don't sign him for $15 million for three years and then you still try to offer Kid a deal, Kid decides to leave and go to the New York Knicks, who got in the playoffs for the first time this past year. And he leaves a team that he's been with, won a championship with, came as a rookie, run rookie of the year at. When you start losing players like that, I think they looked around and said, you know what, we couldn't envision it even getting this bad. And I think they just really just had a plan in place and didn't have a backup plan and now they really rebuilding. And I think the one person that no one's heard from yet is Dirk. And I wonder what Dirk is thinking right now in Germany. The well, well, let me ask you
4: this, Rock.
1: Let, let me bear. ask you this, Rod. How 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 do you go into this
3: offseason season without a without a plan B, C, and D? How do you go into now it? What? It wasn't, it wasn't now guaranteed what? that Deron was coming. It wasn't. It was never guaranteed unless you listen to Stephen A. and 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 and, uh, Jay Adonde and all of and all them. Oh yeah, Deron is leaning really heavy toward the Mavericks. So did you just take that and say, we got him? Was the same thing that Jerry Jones did with Nomdy? <laughs> we got him, well, boys. Well, right. You know, well, what I and all of a it's, sudden, it's, nothing happens, and we're stuck with Terrence Newman, and now we're stuck with, you know, three rookies hoping that they can fill the void for, for Deron and Jason Terry and Jason Kidd now.
2: Right. Well, I, I didn't think the Mavericks were aggressive in going after anybody. And, you know, we should have seen the writing on the wall after the championship season to give it a six players from that championship team you know, to me was a big surprise. Which I thought that they would do something this year and that, that didn't happen. They just weren't aggressive. As many free agents that there were out there, I saw the Mavericks make no effort to to even you know, make a try to get anybody signed. You know, it was, was just a, a fail effort on? a dismal tip. You know. after they raised that banner at A Center uh, everything changed. Seemed like they were just satisfied. We got our championship, you know, n- nothing else about the math, and we just
1: gonna put a team out here for the rest of the couple of years, you know. So that, that's what I saw. It
2: yeah, it out
1: to me here just on Mark Cuban. He's got some type of plan. I mean, he's the one calling these shots. I wish you'd tell me his plan. But you know what though, we, the one thing I give the Mavericks credit for, they did make the one. I think that was the most important, and that was bringing Rick Carlisle back. I mean, they took care of him. They that, brought him that, back. But but other than that, as far as player-wise, I mean, I, I, I don't know, D.J. That's that's the best answer I can give you is I don't know what happened. I mean, it's a shock to I, all of us. I, uh, even when we were with Jason Terry last week and he was shocked. He didn't know. I kept asking him, like, man, what they going to do? He's like, man, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing or what they're going to do.
3: Can I ask you, boy, one more question?
1: Yeah. And you, you know I always love y'all,
3: show. that's just, you know, <laughs> the way I am. Right. But okay. you, you, y'all you seem so, so – I'm mad, man. I, I can't lie, man. I'm mad, man, because I'm seeing the Lakers getting better. I'm seeing the yeah. Spurs. And resigning. They need to resign. I, I see I, – give it up to the Nets. They got better. Everybody's getting better, but yet we're going backwards. We're going backwards because now we got Rick Carlisle, who let's just be honest, he's a great coach, but he hadn't developed players. He hadn't developed yeah. a, a guy that you can just say, "Oh man, yeah." So he got these three rookie guards who he's going to say, "Oh well, Rick's going to develop them into, you know, superstars or, or a yeah. service player."
1: Right.
3: I'm pissed off, man. Okay, you know what? OJ Mayo was sitting there. He's a shooting guard. Yeah. We need a shooting guard.
2: Why didn't
1: we right. go after him? Right. Right. And yeah i'm right.
3: I'm really mad, dude.
2: you and a lot of other people are mad, man. I mean, the airways are lit up, man, tweeters you know they're going off the chain. everything's negative about the Mavics right now, but you know, Mark he would always said it's it's about getting under the cap and the money, and he's trying to get more you know the salary cap down, and you know and all that done. but having said that he he's always throwing money out there, you know why all of a sudden you're gonna change. He said he's lost money ever since he bought the mask, but all I've seen is sell out. You know, they granted that they did make some bad business deals. Lamar Odom, Brandon Haywood got a big, fat contract. You know, they made a lot of bad decisions, and now they're paying for it. Yeah, right, well, uh, no like
1: wait, I said, when I don't Sean know. Brandon.
3: Bring back Sean Bradley.
1: Bring back
3: Sean Bradley. Let's go on and get Sean <laughs> Bradley back. Hashtag bring back Son Bradley says. Uh,
1: oh, oh, DG. oh, Eric Dampier, let's bring them back. We're gonna make some bad deals. Let's, let's, let's hey man, hey, I'm telling you right now, don't be surprised if we see some of these people on these one year deals coming up, man. Don't be surprised at all. You're gonna see some one year deals. I guarantee you, man. Let's take a break. DG, thank you for calling, man. Let's take a quick. When we come back, we're actually gonna hear from the new Mavericks, Jay Crowder, Jerry Cunningham. And Bernard Zane, let's take a quick break. You tune in to RF Sports Radio. We are back. DeSoto Eagles football is back on RF Sports Radio. Starting August 31st, tune in to RF Sports Radio to hear live Texas high school football action. Coach Claude Mathis returns to lead the Texas football powerhouse on another big season. The electric Dez White and Oregon recruit Dontre Wilson lead a high-powered, high-scoring offense. And hear it all right here on RFSportsRadio.com. It all starts August 31st as the DeSoto Eagles take on Arlington Martin right there in Arlington, Texas. Tune in live for RFsportsradio.com for live Soto Eagles football action, only here. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio show. Do you have a business, a product, a service? or a website, and you need more customers. Advertise with the fastest-growing internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget, and don't let business pass you by. All right, welcome back to the R.S. Sports Radio Show. With a special shout-out to D.G. for calling in. Follow him at Dwayne he, he, Gordon. He's one angry man, isn't he, Ryan? Yeah, he's angry, man. <laughs> he, 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 he and a, a lot of other people. The about D.G. I had to cut, I had to make sure we go to break after D.G. because when he get angry, man, he starts throwing stuff. The <laughs> next thing you know. <laughs> F bombs start coming out the man' mouth, and you know, yeah. and this is a this is a family entertainment show. <laughs> so I'm trying, I'm trying to save us from an FCC violate, violation. <laughs> yeah. But thanks, DG, for calling, man. You know, you're more than welcome anytime. Big shout out to DG, and the NPFL, Deep End Media, all those guys listening, man. Let's let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what the Mavs are doing now. Uh, they go ahead and bring out their three rookies today. They bring out Jay Crowder. Jerry Cunningham, and Bernard James, all three of them that they picked up on draft day. Uh, if you guys missed it, there's a video that's posted on com that kind of shows what the festivities were like today. We got a chance to talk. Before we do that, let's go ahead and play the intro. Uh, Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle introducing their new Mavericks to the Mavericks fans.
0: guys can meet everyone. Um our first player is Bernard James, Jay Crowder, and Jared
4: Cunningham. I'm gonna have Rick and Donnie do some opening statements and then we'll
5: open it up to questions. Go ahead. Oh, we're just uh proud and happy to uh welcome the uh the newest Mavericks uh to uh Metroplex and uh looking forward to uh working with these uh young men in the future they not only Great uh, young talents with the uh, upside, but they're all quality uh, young individuals, so um, welcome to Dallas, boys. Yeah, I echo the same um, sentiments. Uh, these are great kids. Got a chance to spend some time with them this morning on the court, and uh, you know, this is the beginning of a beginning of a long journey for them. Uh and there's going to be opportunity here, and I think that's pretty obvious. So uh, we got a lot of work ahead of us. These next couple of weeks are going to be very important. Um, I think it's uh, important to mention this, that uh, Jared's got a couple of little physical issues that we're working through. He's got a hamstring that's, that uh, we're working on getting better. And so, <clears throat> you know, we're going to be able to do some things on the floor with him, uh, just in terms of, you know, footwork, shooting, those kinds of things. But, you know, how much he actually plays in the summer league games, or if he plays at all, is, will, is to be determined. But the important thing is that we get him uh, completely healthy and ready for September 28th when Veterans Camp starts. And we're excited to have these guys here.
1: Let's start with questions.
4: So, for everybody, what I mean. First time you're on an NBA practice court, you're in an NBA facility. Just you know what the feeling like. <coughs> know that you're an NBA draft choice, and then you're actually getting, you know, real life NBA coaching. Uh, it's just an honor to be here. Um, you know, it's just the hard work all the way to now, and you know, it has to continue. Um, you know, I just want to thank uh, Mr. Cuban, Mr. Nelson, and uh, Coach Carlisle for the opportunity that they give. Uh, it's just a great feeling. Uh, like you said, uh, it's a great opportunity for all of us. Uh, once you get out there, uh, it's for real. Uh, just, it's just an honor to be on the court uh,
5: playing for Dallas Nivers. Um, it's just it's a really good feeling to have a home now. Uh, you know, the pre-draft process, it's, uh, it can be long and tedious. Um, you know, and, and seeing all those different facilities and, and ending up here, uh, and I'm just really happy the way things turned out and, uh, you know, I'm going to work.
2: What was it going through you guys, man? You know, think about the magic. at the time the choice was made? Well, I
4: knew I was going to a great organization. Uh, I had a lot of a good history, uh, a lot of good people in the uh, upper office, and I knew uh, that I was going into a great situation for myself. Uh, and I was just trying to take full advantage of it and uh, see where I felt. Uh, same here uh, great, great history, um, no, great franchise. No, you know, it's one of the best stages. And out here, so um, you know, a great opportunity you know, for us
5: young players to come in and work hard. Um, you know, I was just really happy. Uh, you know, I, I didn't work out for of Dallas in the, in the pre drive process, so um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think that was in the cards for me. But uh, you know, I couldn't, have, couldn't have come to a better city or a better organization. The staff is awesome. Um, you know, the facility, the city, all of it. I love everything. Yeah, I heard you on that.
1: All right, that was the Mavericks introducing their rookies uh, that they picked up on the 2012 draft. Jay Crowder of Marquette, of course, he was Big East Player of the, of the Year last year. Uh, Jerry Cunningham, a guy that was a sergeant in the Air Force, spent uh, six years in the Air Force, two tour duties in Iraq, and now he's a Maverick after graduating from Florida State. Um, also, um, also, Jerry Cunningham, a gentleman that went to Oregon State, and people are trying to compare it to Russell Westbrook. And you heard Royce ask the question of what you guys think when you join the Mavericks. Of course, they were, of course, excited. You know, but Royce, let me ask you your impression of these three rookies, and now they have to deal with the weight of being and d guys. You know, no big free agent pickups for the Mavericks as of yet. Now they're really going to be the people that everyone looks at and trying to see how they're going to fit in and, and what kind of players are the Mavericks going to really have.
2: Uh, Randy, first of all, I was very impressed by these three young men. They're very, uh, articulate, uh, seem to be very fine young man. Coach Carlisle spoke highly of them, but he did say something that's in my head. We have three kids and that's what, <laughs> that's what I saw. Uh, I was impressed with some of their credentials. You know, these guys do have impressive numbers. But uh, hopefully we can get a Russell Westbrook or Gerald Wallace or even another Dirk Nevis guy or one of these three guys. But uh, like I say, none of them tried out for the math. It was a it was a trade with Cleveland. Uh, we traded about 17th pick Tyler Zeller for for these three guys, and I know very little about them. A lot of people do, but I just hope these guys uh, are ready you know, to play basketball because it's a grown man's league,
1: and uh, we do have some kids coming into the grown man's game. You know, I was just as impressed as you were by the guys, and, and I actually got high hopes for them. I And uh, I think D.G. brought of up a course. great point. He brought up a great point, though. Carlisle's not the type of coach, as good as he is, that really develops players. I mean, if you look at Roddy and the project that he's been for Coach Carlisle, he's still – working on Roddy he's trying Taylor to finish Yeah, she was trying to get him into the starting lineup, and he's not the guy that normally plays rookies or new players. But now he's going to have to kind of switch that philosophy a little bit. You know what, though? I, I think the guys that he did get are guys that are going to listen. Uh, guys that are going to really play hard, number one. And, and he got two guys that really are defensive players. Jay Crowder and Jerry Cunningham are defensive type of players. And I'm sorry, Jay Crowder and Bernard uh, James are really two defensive type of players. Of course, Bernard James played center in the best defense in college uh, basketball last year. And these guys are going to be defensive-minded kind of guys, rebound guys, hustle players, and then they're looking for Jared Cunningham to be that slasher, to be the guy that's going to be the score. and what he did well, a good job of it at Oregon State. But did you notice that Jared Cunningham's number is number one? Did you just see that? He got the actual number one jersey. I mean, not too many rookies come to organization, right. you know, as established as the Mavs. And it just seems so funny that that an organization that has all the veterans that have come through here, that have played here, now you get a rookie in with a 24 pick, and he gets the number one. I mean, that, that right there says he wants to be the guy. And maybe they have to, you know, eventually – he may become that guy. I don't know. I mean, they keep saying Russell Westbrook, but Russell, Russell Westbrook likes to be the guy, too. And, and you're right. They did pick two
2: defensive-minded players, and I think Cunningham is going to have some big shoes to fill. You know, this guy did lead the Pac-10 and steals as a junior and senior, and he's a two-time Pac-10 all-defensive, all-tournament player. And I think it's going to be a lot on this guy because – if you look at our guards, we don't, we don't have any Roddy B is it, and he, he, had, he doesn't have Jason Kid here to mentor him, uh, you know, to, to show him the ropes. So I think he's going to have the big shoes to fill right away. And uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of pressure on this guy to perform, you know. And he does remind me of Devin Harris. He has the quickness of Devin Harris. And... Uh, I I, I think I'm expecting a lot out of him, but I was really impressed with Bernard James. I mean, with his military background, you know, the guy took a break from basketball, you know, came back in 2003 uh, and pursued basketball after being in the service. Uh, I I was really impressed with him, his mannerism, his discipline, and hopefully that his military training can transform to basketball. You know, but I I I think these guys it's gonna be a lot expected out of these guys, and you know it's a hard position to be in coming in as rookies with only a team with seven players signed, and, and, and you you have to be the guy. I mean yeah. a lot.
1: It's a big shoes to fill right away. We did also get a chance to talk one on one with Jay Crowder and Jerry Cunningham. And some surprising things that you these guys say. We're going to play those interviews on Thursday's show. So make sure you tune in Thursday at 1030 to uh, hear Jay Crowder and Jerry Cunningham. And I asked them both, who are they looking forward to guarding? And there's going to be some interesting answers on that. So stay tuned for that next Thursday. Make sure you always go to rfsportsradio.com for all your sports and entertainment news. While the uh, Mavericks were introducing new players, new rookies that they signed, other teams are making more moves around the NBA, and I want to get everybody kind of caught up and get our opinions on a couple of trades. Number one, the Ray Allen trade, who really I think works out great for Jason Terry. Now he'll get a lot more playing time. Absolutely. Uh, now
0: Absolutely. Ray Allen's going to be
1: take. He's going to take less money. I mean, the Celtics could have gave him triple what he's going to get in Miami to go play for the Miami Heat after losing the game seven the Miami Heat just this past year and being part of that big three championship for the Boston Celtics. Now he's going to Miami. And talk about defecting to
2: the other team. <laughs> I mean, that sums it up. You're right. They were competitive, man, in the playoff. That these teams, you know, they didn't like each other very well. It was a real competitive play. But to turn around and play for the team that beat you, you know, But I think Ray Allen is that type of guy. He fit in perfect. You know, Mike Miller's not great. And they got the number one three-point shooter in the NBA. So that's not a bad choice for a man. Well, are you surprised that he did that, though? I'm surprised I was shocked. I was shocked.
1: You know, he doesn't doesn't need – he's got a great chance to get a ring in Boston. You know, he's got a really good chance to get a ring there. It's not like he's played all these years and doesn't have a ring. He's got one with the team that he went to, Boston. They've, they've had a dominant team there. Uh, Kevin Garnett decided to come back, which is really going to give him a great chance to make it happen. They got good draft picks. They got Rondo. They get Jason Terry. And I don't understand, you know, he goes to Miami to try to win this title. And I thought there weren't, there weren't going to be any other veteran players that really made the decision, let alone Ray Allen. Decided to do that. He's fought these guys for, you know, two years now. And but I'm very surprised is, that he did that. thing is, he
2: went to a team that beat them. He didn't go to a team that they lost to. Well, yeah, I understand so, so, that, but
1: still, though.
2: And, 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 and actually, uh, that's better for him because in Miami, he doesn't have to work as hard as he would in Boston. And, you know, Boston, he's got a lot older. He's with a younger team. All Ray Allen have to do a set-up in the cor- either corner and shoot threes. But that's, that's all he be his did job. in Boston. That, that's, all that's all he, he did gonna in Boston job. Job.
1: pick and roll, and, get and, open, and, and, confuse the defender, and get the ball and shoot the ball.
2: But but I think the problem in Boston was as much running around as he, as he did to try to get open, a lot of times Rondo didn't give him the ball. And, and we saw that a lot. I think that was one of his complaints about being in Boston. There'll be no problem in Miami. He will get the ball if he's open. Trust me, because all eyes are going to be on LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. And that leaves Ray Allen wide open. He doesn't have to work as hard to get his shot. And uh, we just have to wait and see. But uh, he does have a good chance of getting the ring in Miami.
1: Yeah, I think he had a good chance in Boston, too. I mean, he has a better
2: chance. He has a better chance in Miami.
1: Well, Miami also picked up another veteran they gave, Rashard Lewis, who's bounced around the league. And he's always been a player that's involved in some type of trade because no one wants his contract. Well, he finally signs a minimum contract after making all that money to play for the Miami Heat, another three-point shooter in a matchup problem that's going to help out the Heat. So now this whole thing in the East is kind of setting up for right. the Miami Heat to be the dominant team in the East. and. So the Nets, you know, they're trying to make that move. They did resign sign Derrick Williams to a $98 million deal. They also brought in Joe Johnson. They signed Gerald Wallace. And now they're at the head of this whole Dwight Howard talk on a four-team deal being assisted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, of all people, to bring Dwight Howard to the Brooklyn Nets. And I was surprised by the Cleveland team making these moves when – he was the one that was so adamant on Chris Paul not going to the Lakers. Made that whole long speech about LeBron not joining uh, the Miami Heat and having that big 3 Then want Paul to the Lakers because that was going to be another powerhouse. But now he's willing to kind of make some arrangements and trade so that Dwight Howard can join the Brooklyn Nets. What are your views on that, Royce? Do you think it's hypocrisy upon Dan Gilbert to do something like that? or Maybe he's just tired of being – a hater, and now he wants to kind of join the whole fray.
2: Yeah, I think that's it. Well, let me say this right quick. I, I was really impressed with these two teams, what what they did accomplish, and what they're, they're still working on it to get better. Miami didn't just sell on what they had. They tried to improve on what they they do have. I thought that was great of them. They didn't just sit on the laurels of just having a championship. But I thought that Brooklyn Nets have really pulled off a coup getting Darren Williams, uh, Joe Johnson from uh, Atlanta. And uh, if they get Dwight Howard, I mean, they're going to be an instant threat in the East. And we know how it is in the East. Uh, But they're going to be a powerhouse. You know, and they do have seats to fill in Brooklyn, man. They built a new arena, and they're, what, six miles from uh, Madison Square Garden. So it's going to be real competitive in that town. And I think it's they're gonna steal a lot of fans, and we we saw the same thing in uh, L.A. when the Clippers got better, uh, their their audience built even bigger. So you know the Booker they have a they have to build a franchise. I mean it's it's totally new from last year. You know we know they they didn't win fifty percent of their games, but this year is gonna to be totally different. Uh, so a lot of expectations gonna be put on that team. I mean you know. Uh, They are the team that everybody's looking at.
1: You know, the thing that, that, and uh, that's a good point that you make, but I think that with Brooklyn, you know, I'm surprised that, I know they've always had this money, and I guess the move to the new arena is the best thing they can do. But, you know, I think the other teams need to take a page from the Brooklyn book as well, too, though. You know, you got teams like uh, Sacramento, Minnesota, Golden State, uh, Washington Wizards. You know, these other teams that have the Charlotte Bobcats, friends, these teams that kind of dwelled in the cellar for so long, can't get free agents to come there. And look what it took for Brooklyn to finally get a free agent, Joe Johnson, to show up there or get Darren Williams to stay there. They had to move to a, to a bigger market. Yep, they moved right. from New Jersey to Brooklyn. They they built a brand new arena, and that's what some of these teams have got to get proactive and do. They've got to figure out, you know what, i got to get in a bigger market because these Free agents are not going to come. And you look at Dallas. You know, Dallas has built this thing of, you know, we've, all, we've always won 50 to 60 games a year. We're always in the playoffs. And at the end of the day, now they can't get a free agent to even show up in Dallas because cause these bigger markets are trying to get these these powerhouse teams built together. And, you know,
2: that that is a surprising thing to me. I have to agree with you. I, I don't understand it. Dallas was one year removed from winning the championship. And to go from as high as they were to as low they are today and how other teams. I wonder how other teams are looking at Dallas right now. You know, uh, they were always competitive in the West. Uh, right now what I'm seeing is four or five teams in the West that are better than Dallas. I don't even see oh, Dallas yeah, making the more, playoffs. I think
1: more than that are better than yeah, Dallas.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you can almost put Phoenix in that category too, you know, and Houston, you know. Uh, I I don't see them in the top five. You know, they were always in the top five in the West. I I just don't see that with this team. I I see the East is getting better because the West has gotten so much better. We know the East just won the championship. But it's much more, I think it's much more competitive in the West. And uh, these Eastern teams are getting better. I think they're going to start dominating again.
1: You know what I think, though, and this is my opinion on the Dwight Howard deal. And I wanna get yours as to well too, but I think I think Dwight Howard is not going to Brooklyn. I think somehow, some way he ends up in LA to play along Kobe Bryant and Steve Nash. Uh so I wanna get your opinion first on Steve Nash coming to LA and if you think there's any way that Dwight Howard ends up in LA as well.
2: Well, I, I don't think the Dwight Howard deal in LA is gonna happen. I, I think this thing is dragging out too long, Rodney. You know, uh it started last year, and for mm-hmm. it to go on this long, I think that they Orlando's asking too much because they're not going to give up Dwight Howard for nothing. You know, it, it's got to be a big deal that has to be worth it. Otherwise, you're going to anger your fans. And 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 other than Dwight Howard, they don't have much of a team. Dwight Howard is the team, but uh, mm-hmm. I I don't think you know I don't know what's going to happen with that. I'm pretty sure. You know, now I heard Houston's involved in in this deal now, but uh, he doesn't want to play there. That's the main thing, and you really yeah. don't want a player in your town that doesn't want to be there. So, but, what but they get at, for him and where that, he goes?
1: But I looking don't at the trade, looking at the trade to Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn's a better team now than if they add Dwight White Howard. I mean, they're gonna give up Brooks, Brook Lopez. They're gonna give up Marshawn Brooks. Their, their guards that really kind of emerged as a. A backup right. for Darren Williams. They're also going to give up uh, uh, Chris Humphreys as well, too. A guy that's now averaging a double double for them so far. So I think they're a better team right now than if they trade out those three pieces just for one piece in Dwight Howard. And like you said, I think with Orlando Magic, they're not going to trade him for nothing. I think it's more attractive to get Andrew Bynum and Paul Gasol or so, some kind of combination back for Dwight Howard. I think you could sell that better than going after. Three first round picks and, and Brooke Lopez.
2: Well, my understanding is Jerry Buss is in love with uh, his team. Uh, the addition of Steve Nash I thought was a, a real good choice. It was surprising to me that so. they would go to Steve Nash. They do get a veteran player, they do give Kobe Bryant some help, they get one of the best assist leaders in the NBA. I mean, that, that was one of the weakest spots. On the Lakers team was the guard position, and I I it, I think it changed the whole dynamics. Andrew Biden will get the ball down low. Yeah, uh, we we know uh, it didn't happen. You know they started out giving him the ball down low, and all of a sudden the second third quarter, or second half, you didn't even hear his name called. But Steve Nash will make sure he gets the ball. He's going to feed Paul Gasol. That's what the Lakers needed was somebody to distribute the ball. And that takes a lot of weight off Kobe. It gives Kobe the ability to run free and, uh, you know, shoot jumpers. And he doesn't have to be create the offense. Steve Nash does that automatically.
1: I think the Steve Nash move was a good move, too. I mean, because, you know, Steve Nash and Kobe playing together. Steve Nash knows how to run the Two offense. All-stars. You know, he knows how to set the ball, like you said. He can get it to get to the right spot, get it to bottom. Get it to Kobe in the right spots as well, too. But I think this even makes the seat even more hotter for Mike Brown. Now Mike Brown's got to figure out how to incorporate Steve Nash in his offense that he likes to run, and his offense is not really made for the point guard. Now, there is a coach out there whose offense is made for the point guard that's not coaching right now, and that's Mike D'Antoni, a guy that Kobe right. likes, a guy that Steve Nash has played for. So Mike Mike Brown, you need to be on top of your game this season because I guarantee you, they will get Mike D'Antoni in there to, to fill your void immediately if they need to.
2: Well, you know you got two veterans on the team, two future Hall of Famers, Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant. It's not going to take much coaching for these two guys. I mean, they're they're floor leaders. You kind of let them run the offense. You know, Mike Brown's always been about defense. If he ever gets in to play defense, then the offense will will come. I mean, I I think it's going to only make Bynum better. And, you know, he'll be a
1: free agent next year. I think his stock is going to go up. Yeah, I think so, too. Let's take a quick break, come back, and we'll get ready to wrap our show. We still got more sports to talk about. Talk a little NFL with Drew Brees deciding now he's going to sit out camp until he gets a deal, a story that I told you guys. You said it, you told me so. You told me so, I didn't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to (laughs) talk about that, and we're also going to talk about uh, Wimbledon as well with Serena Williams and Roger Federer winning and getting to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game also. You're listening to Big uh, Disappointment. all Sports Radio. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. Do you have a business, a product, a service or a website and you need more customers? Advertise with the fastest growing internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at radio at gmail.com. That's radio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget and don't let business pass you by. We are back. DeSoto Eagles football is back on RF Sports Radio. Starting August 31st, tune in to RF Sports Radio to hear live Texas high school football action. Coach Claude Mathis returns to lead the Texas football powerhouse on another big season. The electric Dez White and Oregon recruit Dontre Wilson lead a high-powered, high-scoring offense. And hear it all right here on rfsportsradio.com. It all starts August 31st as the DeSoto Eagles take on Arlington Martin, right there in Arlington, Texas. Tune in live for RFSportsRadio.com for live DeSoto Eagles football action, only here. All right, we're here with Coach Brown. Coach, first of all, tell us your thoughts about the tournament so far. You guys are 2-0. and Tough game in the first game, we think they kinda woke you guys up for the second game, we just gotta beat the tar
4: heels with. Yeah, I mean that first game everyone coming out in the national tournament is always a little nervous and whatnot. So it was a good it was a good eye opener for our girls. So it's how hard it's gonna be out here. There's plenty of great competition. You know, I know that back in Dallas we do a great job and blow teams out, but this is the best of the best now. So we know we gotta play our best basketball to survive out here.
1: You know, my first time at the AAU tournament i su- and I guess I'm surprised by the level of talent out here. But there's some good teams out here. so we're what do you guys got to do to really stay in the mix? And you had yeah, second place finish, a fourth place finish, but you're going for it all this time. Well, I think we just got to stay focused. And, you know, keep our composure.
4: You know, a lot of these teams like to speed the game up. You know, we have we've done a great job with our girls all year of spreading the ball, spreading the ball, and using using each other. As long as we stay together and use each other and execute what we
1: tell them to do, we'll be just fine. So, what's the what's the motivation? What do you tell the team after every game so that don't take the highs too high? And the low is too low.
4: You know, we just try to, like I said, we try even kill. You know, we do it just like Jason Terry when he plays out with the Mavericks now, wherever he's going to be. We just try to stay even kill. We never want to get too high. We never want to get too low because you never know what's going to happen in a game of basketball. There's a lot of runs. There's runs. Always a game of runs. We make runs. They make runs. As long as you stay even, you'll be able to hold your composure and get through it. Stay together as 14. We just stay together.
1: It's a game you guys are getting ready to go into against the uh, hometown team. So now you might not have to play just the team, but the crowd and everything else that goes on with it as well. It's gonna be a tough matchup for you guys. So, what y'all do? You have a game plan going in, or you want to continue play Lady Jets basketball?
4: No, like, like, like I tell our girls every game, as long as we play Lady Jet basketball, win, lose or draw, I'm happy. That means Lady Jet basketball. We hustle and we fly around. We defend, we rebound, we share the ball, and have fun. As long as we do that. We, we, most of the time we come out on top. we don't come out on top, it wasn't our night. But we keep our heads up and move on to the next game. Tonight's definitely going to be a hard game. Hometown crowd, hometown ref, hometown team, they're very athletic. They're a great team. So we just got to hold our
1: composure and play solid defense for 32 minutes and hopefully we come out on top. Any message for everyone that's listening to us online right now, yelling at the computer and the phone? <laughs> hey, support them, Lady Jets. We're coming home with a championship. All right, that's right. Coach Bronson, make sure you all say, too, Live on SportsRadio dot com, and that was Coach Brian Brown. Want to thank him for uh, doing it us right before they played this Orlando team again. You can go back on the website SportsRadio dot com and listen to all the games we broadcasted last week uh, in Orlando at the AAU National, and hopefully next week we'll broadcast a couple of games as well from Las Vegas, and you can be a part of us doing that. Go to our website and we do have a campaign currently on indiegogo.com that will allow you to contribute to the show. That way, it gives us a chance to continue to bring you guys sports talk from a fan's perspective, of course. And uh, again, we want to thank Jason Terry off the Lady Jess as well. Let's jump into some other sports topics before we let you guys go. MLB All Star Game and Royce, you're you're pretty disappointed in the game, and why is that?
2: Well, it wasn't much of a game, right? Now. Eight to zero. The National League dominated. I, I, and with eight players from the Rangers team, I feel like the Rangers lost the game. And that, that does give the home field advantage to the National League. And you know they only had three players from the Giants, and those guys led the way for the National League to win this game. But I, I was looking for a more competitive game. I, I, I uh, it was a bad showing for Washington. I was happy that he was chosen to coach this team. I was very excited that the the Rangers got eight players into the uh, All-Star game. But I was looking for a more competitive game. I didn't see that tonight. You know, it was over pretty much the first inning when they scored five runs. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, You know, you you go back to the drawing board. I hope this is not a preview of what we're going to see in the
1: well, championship
2: game, if the Rangers do make it to the back to the championship.
1: I th- I want to say I read the stat where the last 26 uh, World Series, 21 times the home team has won the World Series. Right. Uh, some some stat like that. Uh, but it's, it's the third way,
2: state for the National League.
1: Right, it's the third state for the National League. Either way, the home team has a direct advantage from the All-Star game, and I think no one's probably more upset right now than the Rangers and Ron Washington, who had who managed this All-Star team that, you know, didn't put up any runs, got shut out 8-0 because he knows his team has a chance to be in the World Series again for a third straight time, and they're still not going to have home home field advantage. Right, right. So I think he's pretty upset about that, and, and I think that a lot of people are going to look at, Maybe, I don't know. He started just a Verlander, who I thought was a good decision to do right. that. But, of course, he gives up all those hits at the beginning of the game. I think no one could have predicted that to happen. Matt Cain got the start for the National League. He did an awesome job of not getting up anything. All the uh, National League pitchers did a great job of not giving up any runs tonight. And uh, I'm just, I'm really shocked that there was an 8-0 deal. But I'm going to ask you, you know, This debate always comes up around this time. Should this game right here decide who gets home field advantage in the World Series?
2: I know, but it is what it is. I I think the team with the best record should get home field advantage. But uh, it it really doesn't show what a great coach Ron Washington is, and we know he is a great coach. We've seen this uh, Texas Rangers team come from being a bankrupt team a couple years ago. And uh, twice in the World Series, so we know he's a great coach. I, I think it's just he doesn't know the players, and you know having to coach other players that are not his own probably made a big difference. Even though he did have eight players there, that's no excuse for that. I think the players let him down more so than anything. Well,
1: yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, and I'm not saying that this is this is an indictment on whether Ron Watson is a good coach. All I'm saying is that. It all comes down to one game if you're going to get home home for the advantage. Right. And If it's going to come I down to one game, that. you got to you got to manage your, your your tail off if you want that if you want to win that one game. I'm like you. I don't think this game should decide who gets home for the advantage. It still should come down to the record. You know, I think it should come down to that. I mean, it's well in every
2: other sport is, is is whoever has the best record.
1: Yeah. But I think the problem was they couldn't get guys to take the take the game serious. You had a lot of players right, right not playing. Right, they got uh, right. voted to go in. They wouldn't play. They take the three days off, and I think that's more so an indictment on the players of, you know, when you play a game, you want to be competitive enough to win, not just you know to go through the motions. Just imagine if the NBA All Star game was decided, the home court was decided by the We're one, one
2: out, so. yeah. Could right. you imagine that? Yeah, that that would be totally different and you have to be right. But Josh Hamilton was about 2 feet from getting the home run tonight. I don't know if that would open up the game. But I, I like I said I think a lot of people are disappointed that it they, they, they expected it to be more competitive. 8 and 0 is really not a competitive game, but like you said it is an All-Star game. And we do have stars. It's a big deal. It's Wait for the fans to see some of the best of the best. It, you know, it's kind of publicity thing. They sign autographs, you know. And I don't
1: think, like you said, I don't think these guys really take the game seriously. Yeah, so that's another quick, uh, another sport that sport that we don't talk about a lot. But you know, usually around this time period, we'll talk about it for about thirty seconds or so. And that's Wimbledon. Uh, Roger Federer won the Wimbledon title, his seventh title at w- Wimbledon. And also uh, Serena Williams won in three sets for her fifth title. And also the Williams sisters won the Wimbledon Devils title as well, too. And we asked you about Federal first. I know you don't follow tennis as much as I do. Well, really I really don't follow it that much either. But he did get a win over Andy Murray, who was the first Great Britain player to actually
3: right. be Make in the Wimbledon
1: fun. Finals since 1935, a long time ago. Uh, but Federer got to win and won the one of the uh, first players to really win at his age and come back and get a number one ranking now. I think Federer got lucky because there was no Rafael Nadal. He got knocked out early. <laughs> so he really got yeah, lucky. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and
2: were you surprised that he won? I mean, he was a hands-down no, favorite. Not, no, and I, no, I don't surprised. think anybody was shocked by that, you know, that he did won. I I was really more impressed with the Williams sisters. And, and uh, Serena uh, winning. Uh, in the tennis world, she's considered old. You know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, she is. And for her to play at this high level and, and, and through her career and still maintain this high level of play, and especially after coming off an injury, you know, she was injured a lot last year, and to come back and win this thing lets everybody know that these girls are still in the game and she's still somebody
1: to, to be reckoned with. You know, let me let me ask you this, you know, and, and you know, you kind of watched tennis when it was really like a, a a real popular sport. Oh, Arthur Ashe Day. You know, yeah. exactly. So, let me ask you, do you consider Serena Woods to be the greatest female tennis player of all time? Uh,
2: yeah, she's in my top three with Navatilova and Chris Evans. I thought, she, I, you know, those are my three best female players, but. She, you know, before it's over with, and like I said, her career is nowhere near over with. I, uh, I, I think before it's all said and done, she will be probably the the greatest female player to ever play the game. And the Williams sisters too; they, they dominate the doubles. But you know, they even have Olympic medal from winning doubles yeah, in the Olympics. So, I, uh, you know, before
1: it's all said and done, I think she will be the number one player to ever play the game of tennis. Yeah, I think I think to me she is. I, of course, I didn't get a chance to really watch the tennis in his heyday. Oh, but Chris he Everett was, was never still so they, over. They were both
2: fantastic.
1: They dominated it, the game just like she did. When it comes to American players, I mean, other than uh, Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi, McEnroe, the American-born right. players, I think she's number one out of all of them. That's men oh, included, yeah. oh, no doubt. Yeah, I think I think men included. So so hats off to. Serena Williams and Williams sisters, also Roger Federer for winning the women. And also Andy Murray too. I mean, he's very emotional after losing, right. but yeah, nothing to really be uh, down about. I mean, the guy did, the guy did great. So to, to get in there, a uh, quick story coming across the wire real fast is the Clippers um, have extended Blake Griffin for 95 million dollars. Uh, it is official. So Blake Griffin's gonna. Definitely be a Clipper for quite some time, even uh, though. I, are you surprised? No, I'm not. No, not at all. I mean, I, if, he, if he's good enough to bring Chris Paul there, although Chris Paul didn't sign an, an extension, if he's good enough to bring Chris Paul, then I'm pretty sure some other players gonna come want to play with him too.
2: And, and uh, that gives uh, Chris Paul, he's a free agent next year, gives them incentive to stay. And I understand that it's it's a lot of stuff put in that contract. He can actually make more. If he does make the All Star team again this year, that he gets a bonus. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not surprised, you know, with, with with everybody being unhappy and leaving teams, and I don't th- think the Clippers want to be in a situation like Orlando's in or some of these other teams where guys want to leave. I, I would lock him down too. Because he has really turned this franchise around. So
1: that's I, true. I, I, I like mean, he's, a, he's the he's main attraction. I have no right problem with what they did. I mean, that's that's what they that's what they should have done, is extended him. Now we'll see what Chris Paul. We'll see if the Mavericks will tell us, yeah, we're gonna get Chris Paul into the, the season. We'll we'll find out when that talk starts.
2: Well, you know what? <laughs> if that's Mark Cuban's plan, is to get Chris Paul next year. You know, if if I I'll, I'll go through this whole year of what we went through if they can get Chris Powell next year. So, like I said, I hope he has his master plan. You know, maybe he didn't see anything out there he liked. I know the Darren Williams was the number one chart. Would have been a great chart. But if this is in his plan for next year, I'm all for that.
1: Yeah, we'll find out. We will definitely find out. Um, and then let's go ahead and jump to the NFL real quick before we we'll let everybody go. Because I want to just say, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Drew Brees has decided to sit out of camp until he gets a deal. Not going to show up at camp until he gets something done. And still not close to getting anything done. Still millions apart uh, from what they're going to pay Drew Brees. And to me, the Saints staff, although they've been hit pretty hard, You know, they, they really have fell asleep at the wheel. We knew that uh, the owner, Tom Benson, that bought the New Orleans Hornets, and he's had a lot to deal with, deal with with them from having the number one draft pick and getting Anthony Davis, and now they're trying to bring in, uh, of course, uh, Austin Rivers and have this whole big party for the uh, Hornets and get the Hornets up to speed. They fell asleep on the Saints because there's no reason why Drew Brees should not have a deal right now. You cannot explain to me why you won't give Drew Brees the money that he wants. I don't care what he asked for, there is no logical reason for him not to have a deal right now. And now he's going to sit out of camp. This this makes no sense to me whatsoever. And, 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 you know, Rodney, this is part of the show that I hate the most when you say I told
2: you so. I told that's, you so. As a matter of fact, this, this is the worst part of the show. E- even though I made you ap- apologize to LeBron James, I do owe you an apology. And I'm going to give you that apology because oh, you uh, did uh, tell me
1: so. Hold on, hold on. He did tell of, me so. Hold on.
2: Now Boy, I'm only say this once. I'm not going to repeat this. You did tell <laughs> me so. I, I thought maybe the Saints would lock him up. Uh, the, 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 the delay, I don't know why they hadn't done that. I thought they would have the deal done by now. But apparently, he did take his after ball. He got caught up in the buying of Hornets, uh, and uh, I, I don't understand it. And what this franchise has went through uh, during the off season, all the fines, the penalties, the coach you know, being put on suspension for a year, you would think that the one right thing that they would do or the one positive thing they would do would be sign Drew Brees and, and, and get that deal done. Now in a position where he might not even say he's going to sit out uh, until something's done. And uh, how does that look to the rest of the team? You know, we we talking about Drew Brees, your star player. You know, right? And, and how, how can you not get him signed? What is they gonna? What kind of message is that gonna send on the rest of teams that if you do Drew Brees like this, man, what 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 are they gonna do to me? You know, what what can I expect? So I I, I think it was a
1: big negative for the New Orleans Saints. It's a huge negative, and it, and it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Well, I tell you you what, I, I, I'll there.
2: trade Tony Romo for Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> so if I Jerry you wants will. to go out, if Jerry wants to go out and get Drew Brees, uh, uh, we we can trade away four five players. I'll take him in a minute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Another uh, NFL story I want to get your opinion about before we close out is the since 2006, when the NFL had their peak. Attendance at games—they—they they had their worst year last year in attendance. Although they built, you know, several new stadiums. Of course, uh, they got a new stadium get ready to get built in Minnesota. Of course, Jerry Woods has has come into play since then, and now they can't get anyone to go to the game. So they've decided to include Wi-Fi in the stadiums. We don't know how long that's going to take, and also they're going to actually show the replays that the referees are looking at when they're looking at, you know, replays or plays and making decisions and trying to make it more of an interactive experience for the fans. But let me ask you, Royce, I mean, is there any reason to go to an NFL game, you know, to go get into a fight with some drunk fan from another city or get beer poured on you or get cussed out or pay $75 a part? Is there any reason to go to an NFL game right now? Are you just fine sitting on the couch?
2: Well, it's not you and I can both attest. It's nothing like going to see a live sporting event. You know, go, whether it's the NBA Finals, whether it's the World Series, there's nothing like going to a live game. You know, you can sit on your couch. You know, convenience of be at home, enjoy it. You know, everything right there. But you know, just being at a live game is it's nothing like it in the world. Okay. Well, well,
1: first of all, first of all, take it to account that you haven't paid for a live game in quite some time. And well, you, and I, I'm you, not saying you, that you know I paid it for it, it's just being
2: that it's the experience of being that everybody should experience a, a live game. I, I mean, agree. You know, I agree. You know, where series the bigger the better. You know, you and I've been there. We we went the finals this past year. I, I you know, being in that arena, the excitement, the fans, the the, the the level of play, you know, he, 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 it, it's okay to watch it on TV, but you can feel the game when you're at the game. You know, you feel the noise. You hear, you know, when we went to Oklahoma City, I couldn't hear it for three days when we got back. You know, it, it just and, and, and it's being there with the fans, it's being part of the game. You don't get that same experience, you know, sitting in your living room. I know it costs, but what doesn't cost? You have to look at it like a vacation. <laughs> so I think most families now have to plan. It's so expensive. Most families now have to plan that.
1: But the expense of going to the NFL game is astronomical. The average parking for the NFL game is almost seventy five dollars. The average ticket is close to a hundred dollars. Well, I,
2: I I will admit it's too expensive, and 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 it's getting worse with these new state Everybody wants a new stadium. My understanding is that uh, Falcons want, you know, Georgia Dome was what, built in 1992? They're looking to build a new stadium with more luxury box, an outdoor stadium, and we know the Georgia Dome is one of the greatest stadiums in the world. I, I think Jerry set the president and the bar so high that everybody wants to compete, but if you're going to set it that high, you've got to bring the prices down where it's affordable for everybody to go. And you, you're right, it is out of range. I'm not saying that but it's just nothing like being at a
1: live event. I agree. I agree. But I think for the NFL in general, there there is some big trouble, man. There is some big trouble. You know, Six Ram a long time ago said at one point that he envisioned the NFL being a studio game. Like they're going to play it in some massive studio with no audience and it's going to be broadcasted only on TV. And I think that, you know, it may take – 50, 40 years for that to happen, but it's definitely moving in that direction. If you can make a decision on, am I going to take a family of five to the game, pay for parking, tailgate, buy tickets, buy souvenirs, buy food, I can either do all of that, or I can go down to Best Buy and buy me a 3D TV. You know, you you really make that decision. Every time you decide to go to a game, I want to buy a 50-inch TV with HD, Get the Sunday ticket and watch any game I want to, or do I want to take my family of five to a to to Jerry World to watch a football game?
2: Well, for the price of a family to go to the game you could be a whole theater room. Yeah, I, thank you. you <laughs> know, well, season, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. get the big screen, you could buy a projector. You know, and a hundred inch screen. But uh, I I think what's really driving the prices up is these salaries. These salaries have gotten just out of this world, you know, the guys demand more money. Uh, these teams are paying these guys more money to jump ship. You think, that's, uh, you
1: think it's really the salaries, not not just the owners being greedy?
2: Well, it's a little bit of both. Uh, we saw what the NFL and the NBA went through this year. These guys couldn't agree. You know, we talking about a million dollars apart. we talking about a few dollars apart, you know, and in, in making an agreement. We saw how bad it was. This past year. You know, and it really was bad. They they couldn't even get a collective bargaining agreement. You know, we almost missed the whole NBA season because they were arguing over money. So it's a little bit on both sides. I think both sides are greedy. But uh, what is it in right now? I mean, I, where's the ceiling? What does it stop? Baseball
1: is just went out of control. I know, but the baseball tendencies went up. Basketball tendencies went up. What is it about the NFL game that... Makes everybody want to stay home,
5: and that's the number game.
1: one sport. Yeah, I know it. It's the number one sport. It's never been more popular than it is right now. But I think I think it's part of the NFL's fault more so than it is even the owners' fault. I, I agree. They you got know, NFL, they got an NFL game on four nights out of seven nights a week. I mean, you can, you right. got Monday night football, you got Thursday night football. Now you are gonna have games on Saturday. Now you got games on Sunday. I mean they they, they oversaturated the T V side of football to now where yeah. there's no reason and, to go and, to a game. And not only that, you got
2: stations uh bidding large amount of money. I mean talking about unheard of amount of money just to broadcast the game. That raises the price up too, you know what I mean? These guys they they're paying tons of money just to broadcast games. And you're right, it it is out of control. I, I agree with you on that. I don't think there's anything we could do about that, but you're right. It's you know, people have turned Sunday football into a, an event. You can tailgate at home. You know, you can't even go out to the stadium and tailgate without
1: costing No, without I mean you got to pay. You, you know. got to pay to
2: do so, that. So, so people chose to tailgate at home. You have the convenience of everything at home. Uh, you can invite friends and family over, and you can make an event out of it. And that, I think that keeps a lot of people from going, you know.
1: I think the one, I think the one thing that they can do is, the only thing they can do to really get people to go back to the stands is lower the ticket prices. That's the only right. thing they can do. Right. Is lower and we thought that was going to happen at one time. Remember they talked about yeah. that? Yeah, even during the recession, they were only scoring their raised ticket prices. Right. During the recession. And,
2: and right
1: at, now,
2: I'm glad you brought that up 'cause I you know, I'm a little bit older than you. I've been around a while, but I remember when the Dallas Cowboys played at the cotton bowl and if you were under twelve years old, I like to see see 'em go that you could if you could get in a free with a pan of though. Now Jerry <laughs> the only thing about Jerry Stadium is, you know, he seats a hundred thousand. He sells out every Sunday.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. It's amazing. They
2: they sell standing room only
1: amazing, man. Standing room only it's in the state.
2: right You can buy a ticket to stand the whole game.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, that's
2: something I never heard of. Who wants to buy tickets? And and that's another thing that turns people off. I can pay twenty five dollars to go to the grocery store and have five friends over. Yeah. For twenty five dollars. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's it's been $2. That, that could be your payment a month on your TV.
1: And I can spend $1.99 and watch any game I want to watch, not just the Cowboys. I can watch any team right. and follow any team. And that's another thing the variety of games.
2: You know, see, say for instance, your hometown team playing a uh, joke on under 500 team that you don't care about. You can stay at home and watch another, a better game on
1: TV. Absolutely. And, and take your fancy football while you watch TV. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's another show for us, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Again, thanks to Dixon Terry. Thanks to the Lady Jets. Thanks to the Mavericks for inviting us to uh, talk to the new rookies. Make sure you tune in on Thursday night, 10.30 p.m. Central standard time, when we'll be live with Jay Crowder, Jerry Cunningham, and also Bernard James, the new Maverick players. Until then, guys, you listen to Sports Talk from a fan's perspective when you want it, RF Sports Radio rfsportsradio.com.